Ronananian. The door may fly open and injury may happen, but we don't have parts for it anyway. We're just kind of letting ourselves off the hook by letting you know that your car is a giant turd. Car doctor. So Takata's way out of this is they'll just declare bankruptcy and be protected, and we'll all accept that, and that's okay. There's something wrong with that picture, isn't there? Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. hey oh Yeah, come on in. Sit down. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor. 855-560-9900 is the 24-7 phone number. 855-560-9900. By the way, we found out that that does work from overseas. Um, although I have to talk to Tom. Tom assured me that it would work from overseas, and it does. But I have to show him the bill for the overseas phone call from London, England, from a week ago. But that's okay. We enjoyed it, and uh, we encourage you. Hey, give us a call, 855-560-9900. I think we once got, twice, we got a, we got phone calls from Australia, if memory serves me right. Somebody stayed up till midnight or something, because midnight their time was 2 o'clock in the afternoon, our time, or some crazy thing. But, um, you know, we are here to take your calls at that number, 855 855- Five six zero nine nine zero zero because it is twenty four seven. You know we're live on the network Saturdays two to four p.m. But you can leave a message at the uh, ninety nine hundred number, and uh, we'll call you back and get you in the lineup and so on and so forth. There's more information about this radio show on the web cardoctorshow dot com. Also links to various places that podcast because we podcast all over the place. Tune in iHeart, iTunes, Google Play. And uh, you can take the car doctor with you in whatever format or however you desire to take us. And uh, we're glad to be here with you, and we appreciate the fact that you've taken your time. Because everybody's got, you know, we've got busy lives. There's a lot of stimulus out there. There's a lot of technology out there today. And uh, we appreciate the fact that you're taking some time to spend it with us, and we try to give you some good, solid information each and every week. I was reading the new issue of, uh, let's see, AC Delco Insider during my break. I was going to talk about something else in my opening comments, but this kind of caught my eye. There's a tech tip on the 2016. What what month is this? This is uh, the current one. This is uh, just says 2016 issue. It doesn't give me a month. There's a tech tip. Accelerator pedal detent provides driver feedback, and then it goes on to say 2016 to 2017 Chevrolet Malibu LaCrosse Cadillac, and it lists a bunch of General Motors products. The accelerator pedal on these models features a detent approximately three quarters of the way through pedal travel. So in other words, what they're saying is you step down on the accelerator pedal because it's no longer a gas pedal, right? It became an accelerator pedal when everything went to drive-by-wire. So you step on the accelerator pedal. Tony's got this puzzled look on his face. That's like, Tony, you never say gas pedal when you're driving a diesel vehicle. It would be the fuel device, okay? So so we're working on these 2016-17 Malibus. I just want to clear that up for Tony. He's confused this week. So the accelerator pedal, you go down three-quarters of the way, and then there is a built-in detent where you will notice increased resistance in the pedal. And I have a point, so just bear with me a second. The accelerator pedal on these vehicles equipped with the eight-speed automatic transmission. Remember when they were three-speed? Heck, I remember when they were two-speed. I remember power glides. Eight-speed automatic transmission 
provides the driver, and this is something cars have been missing for a long time, with tactile feedback near the last quarter of pedal travel in order to help minimize transmission downshifting, which would allow for improved fuel economy and smoother operation. What they're saying is models before this that did not have the detent, you know, you don't know where, you can't gauge. There's no tactile feel. There's no feedback. There's no sensory feedback to you, the human being, as to where that accelerator pedal, is it at three-quarter? Is it at half? Is it? So now they've actually put a, a click a into the pedal. So as you step on it, you'll feel that increased resistance, and you'll know you're approaching the point where it's going to drop down into second gear or third gear or eighth gear, or, I mean seventh gear and so on. It's going to go into downshift mode. And, you know, for us old guys, that's that's akin to the point where we got into the kickdown cable on the carbureted Turbo 400 or the Glide and uh, made the thing downshift. And the point I'm trying to make is, for as great as technology is, and this is what caught my eye, for as great as technology is, they had to redesign the accelerator pedal to accommodate the human being because we were having issues gauging where our foot was in terms of half throttle, three-quarters throttle, where's kick down. So, you know, maybe all this technology isn't that great. Um, you know, I, I thought of that. And then I was also reading, and here, this one kind of got me too. This is uh, uh, issue five, okay, of the 2016 AC Delco. Uh, what is this? AC Delco Insider here in the studio with me today. So they talk about USB flash drive and programming. The car companies are getting a little smarter. Well, they're getting a lot smarter. They're just letting us know how smart they are. Sometimes they're not so smart. They're actually making it so that we can install flash files or update files for certain components on USB flash drives. And it's going to become plug and play. Now, you know, I never thought they could eliminate the mechanic, but, you know, maybe somewhere in the future and maybe not too distant future, I don't know. It'll be, okay, everybody that bought a 2016 Malibu needs to upgrade the PCM. We will send you out a USB stick or, even worse, maybe better, will allow you to go out to a website, download it to a USB stick based on your vehicle serial number, and you can do the upgrade yourself without the mechanic being in the middle. If you think it's impossible, get out to Ford, myford.com. And if you own a Ford MyLink system, you know, with the phone, where the phone ties in through the Bluetooth to their uh, dash communications, and you've seen Ford, you know, all the problems Ford had with MyLink in the last couple of years, Ford now makes it available on the MyFord site that you can go out there and download the software to a USB stick and upgrade the radio and repair the radio with corrected software for your vehicle free of charge. Ford's already doing it. I imagine GM's already doing it. I imagine a lot of the car companies are doing it. And um, just just makes you say, wow, like what's next, right? We're just not going to sell any parts at some point in the future. I see Tom wandering up to the microphone. Yes, Mr. Ray. That's nice. What happens if there's an actual physical or electrical problem in that radio? Software is not going to fix it. That's right. Well, it'll become – now, you you know, I always think in terms of cost, all right? So the car company will say, we're going to let you try this software download, which costs us whatever the price of a USB stick is and to mail it, if they even do it, if they let the customer mail it out on their own, all right, um, you know, what's it going to cost them? And if that doesn't work, then bring the vehicle in. Now, 
Have you uh, updated anything on your computer or your smartphone lately? I try not to. Well, me too, but uh, things go wrong. Oh, all the time. What happens when that radio won't reboot and now your car won't start? Well, you know, I'll take it one step further. I want to know when the manufacturers, because now General Motors, for example, has wireless technology built into some of their models that you can, you're tapped right into the internet. I want to know when does the car get the ability to download the software direct from the manufacturer website and install it while it's parked and you'll come out the next morning, all updated, drive on. Or all, all updated, it's now now a molten piece of metal in your driveway. Right. Well, yeah, because look at the Samsung debacle, right? I I agree. Tom, it's technology. I'm, I'm it's, going it's, to get marshmallows. I ordered a Samsung. Yeah, good, as long as we'll, we'll be toasty. Um, last thing before we go to the break. So I'm reading this article on USB flash drives in the new AC Delco, and it talks about, and I knew this, but I thought, I just wanted to touch on this. So for all the mechanics out there that think they're going to just do part swapping in the near future. Not going to work. Module swapping between GM Global Architecture A vehicles, they're talking about specific car lines, cannot be done, should not be done. Global A vehicles were first introduced in the 2010 model year. There are security programs and systems in these modules. If certain modules are swapped and reprogrammed, and reprogramming the swap module is attempted, a failed programming event in a no-star condition may result. What they're saying is that vehicles are now, they're now setting it up so that vehicles are VIN-specific. Not only that, but they're also part number-specific. So that if there's 50 electronic modules in the vehicle to run everything from the air conditioning to the brakes to the engine to the trans and so on, that... Each one of those modules has a specific identifier. And if you swap in another computer in any category from another vehicle, same model year, right part number, but just a different module, it will know that, hey, that's not the guy I was talking to before. That's not the identifier for the HVAC module I was looking for. And it will result in a no start, and the anti-theft system will flag as a possible attempt to steal the vehicle, and that vehicle is going to require a whole lot more software programming. So just just stuff to be aware of that, you know, it's going to really make auto repair interesting in the coming years and uh, just some of the technology that's available out there and uh, what's going on. Uh, and I think that was it. That's what I saw in this month's issue of the uh, AC Delco Insider. But I like they've changed it. They've got tech tips now on all their corners, and they've got these little, you know, little technical blips of information which i think are very very important so uh if you're a uh, repair shop and you're looking for some places to go take a look at the ac delco stuff and uh, consider that as a source anyway i am ron and in the car doctor 855-560-9900 we'll get back to open the phones right after this don't go away Welcome back. We're on the Indian Car Doctor, 855-560-9900, the Car Doctor's 24-7 toll-free number. Let's kick the garage doors open this hour and go talk to Doug in Illinois, 2016 Chevy Tahoe. Yes, Doug, what's going on? Hey, Ron, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome, sir. Uh, got a T-28 
2016 uh, Tahoe that's got a vibration problem. And uh, took it back to the dealer after. It, when we first bought the car, we had just some slight vibration on it. Didn't think too much about it. Thought, well, maybe there's a wheel slightly out of balance. And uh, we've had the car for, oh, since February we bought it. And here about six, seven weeks ago, uh, it started vibrating really bad. Passenger side was driving down the road, went out to pass somebody at the right front tire acted like it was a basketball bouncing up and down. Hmm. So we took it back to the dealership and had them take a look at it. And uh, they uh, uh, took it in. They had it for a number of days, 26 days until we got it back. And uh, yeah, the was... car had, uh, uh, they, they had gone through, they replaced all the tires, they had put it on what they call a, a road force machine. Right, Hunt, uh, the, the Hunter Road Force Wheel Balancer. Right. Okay. And uh, long story short, I still got a I still got a vibration in the car. Uh, got a friend who has a has a Cadillac uh, Escalade 2015 model, and he had the same problem with his. Although they they went through, they spent. He said they probably spent 15 grand on the thing trying to go through it. They put tires on it, they put wheels on it, they put an axle on it, they ended up putting a whole differential underneath it, and still could not come up with a solution to the problem. So where I'm at right now, I'm trying to, I'm going to take it back to the dealer. They said they're going to have a GM rep come in and take a look. Apparently they got another uh, Silverado has got an issue with vibration too. So uh, hoping they're going to give me some answers on it. I did some reading on it, too. There was uh, several forums out there, and uh, this one called the GM Truck Forum that they have over 380 comments just on this subject. So I'm thinking R&D, or that probably not to do, do the work, you know, prior to release of the vehicle. Right. From what I understand, they took and put a new style frame underneath the, the Tahoes and the Suburbans, and uh, it's... Uh, it's started since that point. It's they say it's so rigid that it transmits vibration through the whole vehicle into the cab. It, it, and, uh, it, it almost sounds like, and I'll go back probably twenty years when the Ford Explorers had their harmonic distortion problem, and uh, the the repair for that. If you remember back in the mid nineties, uh, mid to late nineties, Ford Explorers had the problem with the tires scuffing and failing and there was vibration and harmonic distortion in those vehicles and what right. what Ford ended up doing was they ended up putting a series of damper weights around the chassis and on the rear axle to help absorb some of the vibration and shake and correct it and right. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case here a couple of comments there there is a bulletin out from General Motors that I would assume, but, you know, and I, I hate to assume, you know, I know it's at the dealer and I know they're the be-all and end-all. I just, and, 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 I, and I don't say that snarky. I just know that that's supposed to be the final stop. But just, you know, I've been fixing cars from my seat here and simple little things like this for a long time now. Uh, Bulletin 1203-10001-CHARLIE. 1203-10001-CHARLIE. And it talks about vibration after tires are mounted and I would say, obviously, that qualifies on a new vehicle. They talk about wheel slip. And, you know, the bulletin's kind of interesting to read. Um, I have come across it from time to time in the last three months. 
Uh, you know, it's it's been out there since February, interestingly enough, which is when you got this vehicle. Yeah. Um, and it yeah. talks about, you know, simple things like putting tire chalk in two places on the wheel, take the car for a ride, see if the chalk's moved. You know, just just something you wouldn't normally think of in, uh-huh. in, in terms of, you know, if the tire is moving on the wheel, then that's going to affect huh. vibration. And, uh, you know, for General Motors right. with a bulletin of it, they had enough cases of it and documented cases of it that it might be real. That being yeah. that being said, obviously they know they're playing with Lemon Law here, which is why they got, yeah. it, they got it back to you on 26 days, because I think Lemon Law is 30, if, uh, yeah. if memory serves me correct. Uh, you yeah, know, Illinois law, I think, is thirty days. Right. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's pretty much nationwide, or to a large degree nationwide. So I'm not surprised that it was twenty six days and they gave it back. Um, my questions to you are, or my question to you is, what speed does this come in at? Forty, fifty, sixty? Uh, primarily, my vibration is around seventy to seventy five mile an hour. Okay. It comes in a little bit lower than that, but it really comes pronounced. About seventy miles an hour, and and yeah. if if you put it in neutral and coast at seventy miles an hour, and I don't recommend you do this on a crowded road, much less do it at all. But you're going to have to do it somewhere. You know, right. th- does it go away? In other words, is this speed related, or does it seem like it's when the engine is loaded against the trans? Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, it's speed related because I've tried that. I I read that in one of the forums. They said you know try putting in a neutral or downhill, whatever you know. The, maintain the speed to see if the vibration goes away. It does not. So, right. uh, one of the things I was looking at, too, was tires. Uh, they swapped out tires went from Continentals to Michelin's. And uh, uh, I was looking uh, to do some comparative analysis on, on like Goodyear tires, the Portera tires. There's about five more pounds in the tires, so there's more material there and instead of thicker tread or a deeper tread, too. Well, and- so I'm wondering if a heavier tire would help absorb some of that vibration to keep it from transmitting it through the vehicle. I would think the heavier tire or the, the, the deeper tread tire, it's more of an insulation. And yeah. and I definitely believe tire pressure, and that was going to be one of the other things I mentioned, that I wonder if you played with tire pressure, does that modify the vibration? I did, yeah. I, it was, uh, when I got the vehicle back, it was a 35 PSI, which is a recommendation on the door. Right. And I... Uh, uh, brought, it, brought it down to about 30 PSI and then drove it home, and the vibration was worse. Right. So I bet you if you went a little more, the vibration goes away. Let me know. What you, you know, do this for me, David. Uh, Doug, I'm sorry. Email me, ron at cardoctorshow.com. Ron at cardoctorshow.com. Email me your VIN, your serial number. I got a friend that GM. Let me pass it along and see if maybe I can help you from the inside. I'm Ron and Annie in the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the Indian the Car Doctor at your service at 855-560-9900. More information at cardoctorshow.com, podcasting there. Tune in iHeart, iTunes, Google Play, and uh, wherever you want to take us. We're out there for podcasting, too. So keep in mind the Car Doctor's here for you. Let's get over and talk to Frank. We're here for you, Frank. Sailorsburg, Pennsylvania, 99 Chevy Express. How can I help you, sir? All right. Thanks, yes, sir. thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, I'm talking to my 7-inch Mac wheels on the front of my Chevy Express, and Really should be, you know, calls for six inch in or out. It's scraping up against the upper control arm, you know, the, uh, the bead. Right. The inner bead. 
Um, well, my question, my sorry, my question is, I was just going to trim like uh, half an inch around the uh, upper control arm, just like to get the clearance. You you know, Frank, the the problem is from my seat here, I can't see what that half inch is affecting. Is it sure. is it is it the perimeter around the area of the ball joint? Uh, you know, yeah. is it you know, yeah. and that's that's sort of a critical area, and a half sure. a half inch is you know, it's a fair amount. I mean, we're going to take that much out of it. I always I always come back to the simple analogy: if General Motors could have left that half inch off, think about how many Chevy Express fans they've made, and if that if that half inch of steel was a quarter of a cent, think of how many millions of dollars they'd have in the bank. They went they had to go into bankruptcy and borrow money from the government. Um, right. You know, so I would be cautious about modifying suspension. Um, I, I'm not sure why you're having this problem. But I just want to clarify something. You, you, you're trying to put on a six-inch wide rim instead of a seven, or the other way around. Yeah, the other way around. And it, I got it from. I don't want to mention a company. Uh, they made a mistake. That, you know, they were accepting to take it back, and uh, it's, it's really like just a really neat-looking wheel. I couldn't find anything else. It looks that good. That's why I want to keep it. Well, but why is it the width of the rim or the? Oh, I see. They gave you a seven inch wide, so it goes further back over the control arm. Well, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, but it, yes and no. The, uh, that was actually the only size they have. They don't, they don't make it in uh, the six inch. Okay, that's why. I'm, gotcha. Why I'm so, so in other words, the problem is that it's a seven inch wheel, so there's a half inch or a bit more of the rim going back over the top of the control arm than it would be with a thinner rim. Right. Okay. Are you going to be using the same tires? Uh, no, it's actually a shorter profile. In, okay. So, so you're changing you're changing the tires as well. Well. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's actually uh, the band came with 15, so these are 16 inch. What's, so the, to go to what's the possibility of, not to make Swiss cheese out of milk, but what's the possibility of putting a longer wheel stud on with a spacer and pull the wheel back out towards the outer outer edge of the fender a little bit? Or are you going to be out? Are you going to be sticking out past the end of the fender line? Oh uh, no, yeah, that, I think that would work good. I didn't know I could do that. Uh, well, yeah. Well, as again, as long as you've got a longer wheel stud, so you you've got enough threads on the on the lug nuts, and you know, just get a longer wheel stud. And there are companies out there that make spacers for wheels for just this situation. Pull it away from the control arm. Because I don't want to see you cut the control arm up. You cut the control arm up, you could weaken it. And I know there's guys out there that are saying, ah, Ron, you're being ridiculous. Just cut the control arm. You know what? You guys can go ahead and do it. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I always try and play it safe. That control arm is keeping you and the vehicle and the passengers upright at 80 miles an hour. An awful lot depends on that thing working. All right, sir. Oh yeah, that's looking for that spacer. Yeah, I would I would talk to now, you know, talk to the wheel company. I'm sure this isn't the first time they've they've run into this and ask them, "Hey, can I you know, is there a way I can offset or do you make an offset kit?" And ask them, "Hey, do you recommend an offset kit?" Uh, you know, and as simple as the question is, Frank, don't be afraid to ask it because sometimes they'll respond differently. They just haven't had the question asked to them yet. "Hey, can I put a spacer with this wheel to pull it away from the rim?" Right. Yeah. What's the name of the wheel company? I'm curious. Uh, it's it's uh, Granite. I'm pretty sure it's Granite. Okay. Granite yeah. Alloy. Yeah, I've heard of them. They've, they've been around a while. Um, yeah. Tell them we talked about it. Tell them we're looking for a. Uh, tell them we're looking for a resolution. You're going to call me back next week and let me know what they said. 
So yeah. maybe that maybe that'll put a little pressure on them. I always want to see people do the right thing. I think that's important. You know, I hate to play the radio card. I try not to play it in life. But um, every once in a while, people get nervous. They hear they're on a national stage. I want to see people do the right thing without having to do pressure on them. That's the way it's supposed to work. So, you know, but um, try that. You know, see what, talk to them and, you know, then think about a spacer and longer studs and, you know, we'll go from there. And then, listen, worst comes to worst, I would tell you as much as you don't want to, sell the wheels and find something else, and at least then you'll be safe. Yeah. No, that's uh you know, it sounds like a good idea with the uh, spacer. Oh, yeah. If if you can set it all up, why not? All right, you'll have to change the studs, which means you're going to have to take the brakes apart. But, you know, yeah. th- this is like your hot rod now, so congratulations. You're one of the club. Right. All right, Frank. Thanks, Thanks. You're very Thanks, welcome, Ron. sir. Um, listen, sometimes, sometimes the answer to the problem is, you know, I often think about what's that story about the the truck that was too tall and it went through the overpass and it got stuck and all the engineers showed up. You don't know this story, Tony? And all the engineers showed up and, and the fire department showed up and the cops showed up and they're all talking about how they're going to get this truck that's too tall out from underneath the overpass. It's wedged under there and nobody can come up with an answer and they're all talking about cost and helicopters and lift this and pull this and a little girl comes along, and she looks at it, and she says to one of the cops, why don't you just let the air out of the tires? And they let the air out of the tires, and whoosh, off it comes. My point is, I never forgot that story. I was told that story many, many years ago, and it, it taught me, you know what? There's always a simpler way, and you always got to look for the simple solution in, in, in terms of solving a problem. So, um, you know, it, it, just, let's just get back to basics and fix cars and, and think simple. Because uh, sometimes simple is as simple does, and simple fixes the day. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. I'm Ron Anini, the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Welcome back, Ron and Annie, the Car Doctor. It's got to be a full moon uh, this week coming up because the calls we're getting today are just holy smokes. Mike, let's see how normal you are. East Hartford, Connecticut, eighty Chevy K series. Yeah, sir, it's how are you? Good, sir. About ready to start hauling at the moon? Is that? Uh, yeah, it's. I'll tell you what. Um, it's. Uh, it's. It's just like people are crazy today. What's going on, kiddo? What can I help? You? I got a. Thanks for taking my call. I You're got a, 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 two trucks. Do the Dodge first. It's a 96 Dodge Ram 1500 four-wheel drive. The front axle seals, the uh, had to t- replace the hub. Took okay. The hub out, and then the, uh, uh, the had to take the, um, the shaft out. <clears throat> when I took the shaft out, put the shaft back in, did the hub, put everything in back, tilted the... Uh, it was on a jack. It was in a hurry. A stupid jack let it down. And it was on an angle. And I don't like where this is going. Leaked out of the front axle seal leaked out of there. It's not leaking out of the front meatball on my four-wheel drive. It's leaked out from, I don't know, it was a gasket in there, and I, didn't, I don't want to know how to f- 
take that apart, put that back to stop it from leaking. It's this is leaking. this is the seal that's down in the belly of the of the diff. It's down the axle tube. Yeah, but not the one near the meatball. The other one. Right. It's all the way down the, inside uh, the tube. Yeah, exactly. I right. can't figure out where right. that is. I can't get a picture either. And right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, it, it's, we, it was all in one piece. The shaft is was one, uh, on the end. Uh, I can't think of a damn thing. There. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me let me make let me make it easy for you, Mike. Send me the VIN. I could describe to you how to do it, but let me see if I can find you some pictures. But I want to try and be as specific as I, I can. I got the VIN number right here. Well, email it to me. Okay, give me your give me your email. Ron at cardoctorshow dot com. And what I'll do is I'll go into my Chrysler factory information and see if I can find you a decent picture and email it back to you. Okay, so. But you know uh, what's, what? What I think. What I think this case is. I think the seal is is down. You know, it's look at the axle stub you pulled out. You had to pull out the axle stub through the center of the rotor and the hub in order to get. Yes. It, right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Right. It was it was one piece on those. Right. Correct. And if you if you remember where the axle seal is or where the axle when the axle went in. The shiny clean part is the dividing line where the axle, the axle seal is here, and the shiny clean part's this way, and the dirty cruddy part that's exposed to atmosphere is that way. So that's how deep into the axle tube the seal is. And if if memory serves me correct, once you come up with some kind of a hook to pop the seal out towards you, because you're not going to buy the special Chrysler tool from 20 years ago that's probably not available anymore anyway, then you've got to come up with a driver, some kind of a seal driver, to... You know, you have to take it back apart, take the seal back out, or take the axle back out. Once you get the seal out to drive the new seal in, you're going to have to drive it back in. And if memory serves me correct, we we realize that's why God invented long plastic tubing. You can buy relatively cheap and pow. Line it up and push it in. You said long. Yeah, some type of long, you know, a a long, thick wall uh, piece of pipe. We usually, you know, sometimes we did plastic, sometimes we did uh, cast, you know, black pipe, something like that. But let me let me see if I can get you a picture, and and give you, and who knows, maybe I can even get you the real the the tool part numbers. You'll find something out on eBay. Um, uh, we can go go at it like that. What's your second question? You got a Chevy truck? You said you got an issue with? Yeah, I got a pl- I got a plow truck, and it's a little older than yours. I know you got one. This is a Chevy K10 four wheel drive, right? Automatic and. Uh, the front axle seals have been leaking forever, and now they're just like too too leaking too much. I gotta take you gotta take a whole shaft front axle completely out to do those, right? Uh, yeah. What years is eighty? It's not 80? leaking at the meatball. It's leaking at the the other at the wheel end, the top, yeah, the, the tire wheel end. Right. This is an eighty, right? Uh, I'm sorry, 1980 K10. Yeah, this is an eighty. Yeah, this was this was real old school technology. You know, hey, listen. This was back in the day when repair shops made money because people brought in their four wheel drives and they said, "Go through the front differential." And I did, yeah, I did. did yeah. The, uh, the front, you know, replaced the hubs, got the tool, did that, and that was a bear, but got it done. And then drove it a couple thousand miles, and then now the, the axe, the oil is leaking out of there all the time. Right. Yeah. So now you got to ask yourself: Did you put the seals in square? Did you, you know, I'm sure you. We used... never did the seals. We did. Ah, okay. Did the. the uh, the hub, you know, when you those are the kind you got to get out, put a neutral in, right? Take manually, take it and turn the thing. And, and, and now you got to take it apart again because now you're going to do the seals. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, how how you got to take the whole shaft out completely, right? Right. Yep. Back to square one. 
Can you guide me through that? Yeah, you know what? Send me the send me the description on that. I'll see if I can find some pictures on that too. You're 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 going to be in it for a while, kiddo. So you're you're going to yeah. be the old truck mechanic. Yeah, that's what I like. But some, you know, I so need your help. Though. Send me send me your make model. I'll see if I can find you some technical. I actually think I have the eighty factory shop manual on the K series. Okay, cool. All right, I'll see what I can find and get some pictures out to you. All right, man. All right, kiddo. Oh, God bless you. Same 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 email address. You have yourself a good rest of the day. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. All right, man. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. Back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. You know, we've now brought you to that portion of the show where it's the Frank and Ron show. And uh, I think I'm I think I'm grooming this next caller for the uh, when I when I decide to go on vacation, we're going to make it Frank, the car doctor. Frank, how are things up hey, in Congress, New York? Today? How are you doing, my friend? All right. What's going on? Doing, doing good. Doing good. I just want to give a shout out. I didn't want to let you know that I left this. I'm still around here in Rockland County yeah. with firemen doing our best we can. Well, you guys always and, do a great uh, job. This is a little thought I got here. Go ahead. Uh, you know, it, it's nice, beautiful weather, right? In the summer, I guess they call it full moon now. Yep. Well, soon enough, it's going to be cold. So what are we going to do? Maybe we need a battery. Maybe we need some basic things done for the car. Now it's the time to do it rather than wait until it gets really cold, huh? Uh, and I'll tell you what, Frank, uh, uh, my biggest fear with technology, all kidding around the side, is mm-hmm. that the technology of the car is going to lull everybody into a false sense of security, and they're going to do less and then get caught short. And you, no you, doubt. You, you're, no you're, doubt. So you're going to expect that light to come on. Because it's going to get to a point where they now the light comes on when, you, when you're low on air, air pressure in your tire. Well, what, you're going to wait till that time? Stuck on the side of the road? Yeah. Got to get into it. Got to you know, stay with it. Got to y- stay with it. Y- you know, Frank, you, you hit an interesting point, and I was going to talk about this next week. I'll touch on it here, in that extended oil change intervals are creating a problem, and here's how. You got your oil changed in July. Was it hot in July? Right. It was hot in July, right? It was, it was 95, 100 degrees oh. in July, and you had your tire pressure yeah, done. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah. the cross. Right. Now you're going to go five, six months before your next oil change. So your next oil change is going to be November, December. But the, the weather's already started to cool down in most of the country. And that 100 degrees that you were in July, most people still most people don't check tire pressure once a month anyway. But now we're into October. And now we went from 100 degrees down to it was 64 degrees at the house this morning. So all of a sudden, that tire... One morning there, it's even lower. Right. That tire that had air put in it at 100, if you haven't touched it since then, that tire's lost four pounds just just from temperature change, never mind from porosity or small leaks. So, you know, the the extended oil drain interval, uh, great technology. I mean, that we've got better oil out there, and the cars don't beat up oil as much as they used to, but they've created a need... Just plain and simple, where we've got to be a little more diligent in maintenance and check tires. You still have to check tire pressure on a regular basis. Once a month is a good rule of thumb, just to be sure you're safe. Just make sure you 
safe and also to travel. And then again, I know, I mean, it's, it, it's sorry to see, you know, I mean, look at, look at Carolina's stuff. You get bad weather or something like that, mm-hmm. and you're in the midst of doing something, evacuating or whatever like that, and all of a sudden your battery's uh, not doing well. No, you Frank, you're, you're, assuming, yeah. you're assuming people wait till the last minute. I've been in supermarkets just before. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I do go in supermarkets just before the storms, and the line for bread is out the door because everybody's assuming... The worst, so yeah, right, you're right. right. We're not prepared. Hey, right, Frank, so, what did you, and, wait, and Frank? Are you on, retired? Get... Frank, are you retired? Frank, Frank, I'm sorry. Are you retired? Not yet. Oh, not yet. Right. well. Listen, when you retire, you come see us. We're going to groom you. We're going to make you the number two man here on the Car Doctor. You're just a lot of fun to talk to. I appreciate all the comments, Frank. I got to go. The clock's going to grab me, and I'm up against it. Um, so uh, we uh, thank you as we always do and appreciate hearing from you well boy that wraps up another two hours of Car Doctor like holy cow I get the thumbs up from Tony go Giants go Jets go Mets oops sorry too late for them I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor mechanics aren't expensive they're priceless see ya